Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. It's <laughs> wonderful to have my friend Hakan with me this morning, to have you all here. I am reminded of the many times in the Gospels where Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, friends, this is what it looks like when we come together in a spirit of friendship, when we come together with the intention of building relationship, of co-creating a world that works for everyone, where every man, woman, and child will have the opportunity to know that they are loved and welcomed, valued. I know that's what Atfa is about. That's what unity is about. So naturally, we would come together. I was thinking about this last night. I was reading my undergraduate uh, alumni magazine, and there was a quote um, following a story about friendship. There were two articles about friendship, but there was a quote from quite possibly the greatest of all time, and you know I'm referencing Muhammad Ali, the boxer. <laughs> of course, you know, let's just let's be real here. He said, if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learned anything. If you haven't learned the meaning of friendship... You really haven't learned anything. There's an expectation that we will love our families and be loved by them, and hopefully that comes to pass. But friends are totally optional. You get a choice of who you choose to invite into your heart and into your mind. You consciously decide whether or not you will choose to support your friends and their endeavors and what's important to them. You consciously decide if you will carry them when they are weak. You consciously decide whether you will give them your support, and you consciously decide whether you will ask them for help. That's what friends are for, and it's completely optional, and you're not required to. But as Ali says, if you haven't learned to do that, you haven't learned anything. So some of you were with us last October. We were in the midst last fall of doing a talk series here at Unity of Fairfax based on unity and world religions. And I'd asked my friends Afnan and Savim to be with us that day to share about Islam's five principles and how they relate to what we teach. And it was wonderful. Thank you, ladies, for being there and being our partners through Green Muslims with Caring for the Earth. We also had young ladies from um, the uh, uh, American Turkish Friendship Association. Forget the name of the group. I apologize. Yeah, Su Sufi Melody. Sufi Melody. Yeah. All right. Okay, I got it right. Uh, who sang and offered wonderful gifts, and our hearts are still full. <laughs> and following that, uh, Hakan and I stayed in touch, and and he said, hey, why don't you come for lunch and let's talk. Layla was there and mm -hmm. Osner, I don't know if she's here with us today. Uh, yeah, she's sick today. She oh, okay, she's it. in our heart. So yes. there you go. Hi, Osner. <laughs> and we're just sitting there having lunch. I love Turkish food. So he said, come over. I'm like, I'm so there. I'm going to be there. And we were talking about, about the organizations that we serve and their missions. And, and the idea was birthed. 
Interfaith Friendship Sunday. Not an occasion just to come and learn what the other tradition teaches. Because, and that's wonderful and important. That is a lifetime work. But more importantly, to come together with the intention of building relationship, of choosing to be friends, choosing to work together for a world that works for everyone. Exactly. So tell us your point of view on that subject. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for hosting us. It's a great pleasure. I see lots of people from our community as well. And uh, our hosts, wonderful hosts, uh, since you stepped in the room, you feel that the warmth of welcome. So, yeah, neighborhood, friendship, these are all uh, sacred and uh, meaningful values in Islam, and I believe in all faiths. And uh, friendship of all, especially uh, this time, especially to our community. Uh, for those... Uh, who are not so familiar with us today. We are a Turkish-American community living in all over Northern Virginia. And significant amount of our community members recently arri uh, arrived in United States as a safe uh, port to like some of them just escaped from the persecution in Turkey and they made here. Uh, at first, they felt alone. They came here. They came through many difficulties. Some had to cross the river by a small boat with their kids. Some had to be away from their family for a couple of years. Some still are. Some reunited after a couple of years. And at this time, uh, offering a hand of friendship to them is very meaningful. They see that we are not alone. We are all together. Of course, we have different faiths. This makes us even more diverse and more colorful. Differences should be. But in Quran, it's, God says, we have created you, the human beings, in tribes so that they get to know each other. That's a divine command of dialogue getting in touch together. The best way is dialogue. But the natural way is the friendship, without expecting anything, without trying to force someone to believe like you believe. It's the natural, this time we say organic friendship. So we value this friendship. And we uh, have been like, even if this is my third year, fourth year, I know our community who have been here quite for a while, uh, have been enjoying your friendship and your hospitality when the Pinnacle Academy was here. And uh, like Unity of Fairfax is a very old and um, very dear friend for all of us. Amen. Yeah. And likewise, we, our relationship with the American Turkish Friendship mm -hmm. Association and Pinnacle Academy has been very rich and rewarding. And to know that that continues, even though we now are in separate houses, uh, <laughs> is very wonderful and encouraging for us. Now, you said something really important that I don't know if everybody here understands about fleeing and being refugees yeah. and asylum seekers. You may have noticed when you came in on one of our signs is unity statement for humanitarian support. <clears throat> I 
serve on a ministry team with Unity Worldwide Ministries, and we recently crafted a statement calling for the humane and um, generous treatment of asylum seekers, refugees, uh, all around the world, but most importantly here because so many of our own um, people who come to America were asylum seekers and refugees. And we hold the value that those who come bring gifts that make us all better people and that we are better together. So currently, Turkey, as you may or may not know, has a dictator. And the sad part about that is that the work of the Hizmet movement aligns so much with what we teach that I would like, and, and, and our Turkish community is associated with that. So I wanted uh, Hakan to explain mm -hmm. to us all about that movement yeah. and, and its values and possibly some of the roots sure. of the persecution. Sure. Hizmet uh, in English means service, serving to humanity. It's not like serving Muslims, serving this or that or Turks. Hizmet means service to humanity. So. Uh, this kind of, let's, we call it a civic social movement. Civic, all these words are important and highlighted. It's civic and uh, global uh, movement. Uh, started in 1960s, uh, by, inspired by Fethullah Gülen. He is a scholar, a prominent writer, a public a social advocate who lives in Pennsylvania, Silesburg, since 1990s, uh, in self-exile. Uh, this is, uh, this movement uh, like sits on three legs. First, it's the education. The meaning is people should be educated. So one of its aim is educating people. But what kind of education? A balanced both secular and spiritual education, scientific and spiritual education. And uh, this movement has inspired people, volunteers, their members or their, uh, let's say, sympathizers, to go around Turkey or the whole world to start educational initiatives, schools, uh, training programs, all over the world, and regardless of what they believe, what their uh, ethnicity or uh, religion is, help them, help them to learn and adopt the universal values on them, not a for a specific uh, religion. And uh, also, because Hizmet believes people should be equipped equally by the scientific knowledge, but at the same time, with like uh, the <coughs> spiritual education. So these two balance each other. And the second uh, important field of activity uh, lies in interfaith dialogue active initiatives. Uh, Mr. Gulen himself, since 1990s in Turkey, has started great initiatives. He has brought together unbelievable diverse communities together as long as like during his time in Turkey. Uh, very, uh, let's say, apart communities together. So Hizmet believes that one of the biggest social problem is conflicts. 
people dis like disagreements. His myth believes that people should come around the table together, or people come around the table together to talk about the common problems, common things, and uh, step toward each other to get to know each other. First of all, the problem starts because we don't know our opponents. We don't know who they are. If we know enough, then most of the problem is already evaporated. So then the rest is easy, coming and uh, sharing ideas, respecting each other, and coexistence. This leads the way to coexistence. What does it mean? We both, both sides, uh, respect each other's beliefs, thoughts, and points of views. It doesn't mean that they have to agree on each other on each topic, but still respect and value each other's uh, opinions. So this dialogue from grassroots level up to the, uh, let's say, in all platforms, will contribute to a peaceful society. And through the community centers, through cultural organizations, through dialogue centers, his MET movement, the service movement, has contributed a lot in many countries for this. Like in the United States, there are many uh, organizations like ATFA is, and uh, bringing along together diverse communities and building friendships with them, getting to know each other, observing, joining, visiting, and learning from each other. That is a perfect platform, a peaceful platform, where everyone enjoys. And the last, the third uh, part is charity, promoting uh, philanthropy. It means solidarity and charity. It means we stand together and help those who are in need. His movement has, since its uh, existence, uh, motivated its volunteers to help and support people who are in need in all terms. Like people do not only need money. People do not uh, need only a house or a car. They need emotional support. They need mental support. They need support in all uh, aspects. So motivating its volunteers, especially with like emergency crisis and other <clears throat> events, Hizmet has been working on uh, such charity projects. Uh, and at least volunteering and being part of this common good, joining and uh, cooperating with official, official, uh, official uh, people, like all the offices, uh, like county offices or others, and uh, other nonprofit organizations who work similarly. Faith organizations, they cooperate, and so that they become part of a solution in the society. So with three ways, like education, dialogue, and charity, Hizmet aims to help people to have a better life, to have a peaceful life. So this is very short summary. Actually, there are many 
PhD uh, dissertations about it. <laughs> so if you have time until 12, we can sit and talk about it. <laughs> That's a brief <laughs> Which is aligned summary. very yes. much with core values here at Unity of Fairfax and throughout our spiritual uh, community of Unity. Focus on education, focus on spiritual practice, mm -hmm. and a focus on service. So you can understand why we're yeah. naturally partners. So can you briefly explain to us then what is the political problem in Turkey that has <clears throat> caused so many okay. uh, individuals to need to flee for safety? Okay. This needs another day. <laughs> okay. I just uh, shortly try, I will try to summarize. Uh, All right, like since 2002, the current ruling party has been in power. Uh, first of all, Hizmet has been putting a certain distance, an intentionally certain distance with politics and politicians. Uh, and the volunteers of Hizmet are literate people and they can judge what's good and bad for them. And those volunteers have been uh, supporting any political party who work towards the good for the country. So they vote for who says, okay, we support democracy, we support uh, human rights, <clears throat> religious freedom, freedom of all types. So they have been supporting. At the beginning uh, stage, the party has worked, has uh, done well financially in foreign politics, in like domestic politics, let's say, and in all terms have been have done a good job. But once uh, they have, let's say, the turning point was amending certain parts of the constituency, uh, the party secured itself because the previous uh, derivatives of this ruling party has been abolished by the Supreme Court. Once it secured itself by law that it's not going to be abolished anymore, they started to act out the, uh, itself, actually. So they have been hiding uh, certain things that we were not aware. And uh, they started to oppress certain people. His met movement on civic side has opened a lot of schools grown like tens of thousands of people, educated tens of thousands of people, very successful people. Uh, the party, like, uh, let's say, conceived this, like, uh, or let's say, what's the right word that they thought one day this civic group will turn into politics. So they started to block all the way and started to profile those people. Those like as business, there's working as business people or those working in government positions. Those are individuals. And the movement had like schools, like banks, hospitals and all. So they, the government started to profile those people, those organizations, who donate to those organizations, who send their kids to those schools and all, and when it's ready, uh, started to fire those people and uh, purging those people. And at the same time, 
like when we come to, let's say, 2013, uh, there were some corruption scandals. I'm sorry, this, I, don't, I hate to dimension politics in the church right. or anywhere, but just telling this, the life, like the timeline of it. In 2013, there was a corruption scandal and many of the uh, government allies, their children, family members, were involved in that scandal that lots of money, like black, like money laundering issues and lots of things about evading the Iranian sanctions, like sending weapons to Syria and others. When this was found out, the government needed a scapegoat at that time. And it found the most convenient scapegoat as his met movement. Why? Because those people, they know they are peaceful people. Even you torture them, they won't hit back. We have seen since 2013, there is no case of even like business people's money's money or properties were uh, confiscated by government. Even people were tortured in the cells. Even people were killed, kidnapped. There, was, there is no case that these people responded back violently. So they choose a very convenient scapegoat and they blamed of all these scandals that, okay, the Hizmet movement politically wants to be involved and topple us by these scandals because they control the whole media. And uh, this story, unfortunately, uh, people bought this story, the public, as they are really influenced by the uh, state, state media. And uh, it was a good reason for government to fasten the process of purging those people from the government, from uh, for certain businesses, like for all his met schools. And uh, this went on until 2016. And 2016, unfortunately, a failed staged coup attempt happened. And this was uh, a a very important milestone in Turkish history, recent Turkish history. Uh, the president said, it's public, I mean publicly on the press conference, this is a gift from God. Now, they have consolidated all the power, the military, the judiciary, and all the parliament. They have changed the system into a presidential side where the president started to act and ordered lots of executive orders to fire thousands of people. Within two, two or three hours, they announced that many judges, many police officers, journalists, housewives, or others were declared as coup plotters. And they are traitors, like within two hours. Even you can't type those names in Excel in two hours. And thousands of people. It means they are already profiled. Whatever. Then these people, their passports, licenses were revoked. They were investigated. I forgot the total number of like two million people were investigated. I mean, this, the population of Turkey is 80 million. And... They say two million people are terrorists. Can you imagine that? They blame those people as terrorists. Now those teachers, 
doctors, professors, journalists, and all. And people had no other choice to flee from this persecution. Otherwise, Turkey became a social prison, an open prison, because people didn't have a permission to work. You would see some professors go and do the laundry. And some other authors, journalists, had to work in the restaurants washing the dishes because they had no opportunity to work. They said, OK, if you don't like us, because there were so many investigations, if you don't like us, just let us go. No, they said, your passports are revoked as well. You can't go. And their family members, there was so much pressure. Even at schools, the teachers uh, teased and humiliated those children. You are the children of terrorists. And all kids bullied all those kids. Can you imagine this trauma? So people couldn't stay in Turkey. And many women like, were sent to prison. I guess by one time, I remember the figures as 20,000 women were in jail, along with like 2,000 babies, along with them. So they had no other choice. Some of them, if they had a chance, they fled. Fleeing is another story. It's very risky. Many people lost their lives through the Aegean uh, Sea. They tried to flee with a small boat. And sometimes these boats were capsized and they were drowned. And right now, those people who are attempting to flee are uh, experiencing pushbacks in Greek or border, which is against the like the international law. They are seeking as uh, asylum there, but they kick them, they beat them, and then they put them in the boat and they send them back. And they are arrested, unfortunately. So uh, many people uh, here, like who had, like who were fortunate enough to uh, escape, made their home here. So they came, and they have been living peacefully, freely uh, here in the United States. The United States is one of the, of course, uh, destinations, but some of them are in Europe or other uh, safe countries, free countries. Hakan, thank you for sharing that very painful story, because if we truly want to be friends with people and open our hearts, it is imperative and important that we know the story know where they came from, and more importantly, know where they are going. Mm -hmm. So like any dictatorship around the world, throughout history, find a group and blame them, seize power. It is the, unfortunately the oldest game in the political book, which is why it is imperative for us to solidify and deepen our friendship, because we are holding a higher vision, a better vision a vision where everybody can get their needs met in appropriate and safe ways that are based on integrity, not lies, not stealing. Exactly. So we continue to do our spiritual work of holding the highest and best value, working for, for a world that works for everyone exactly. based on mutual respect and appreciation. All of us as a group and as individuals have a story we have had obstacles, things we have had to overcome. And in those stories, we have always found friends. Welcome, friends. Thank you. And uh, one thing I want to conclude is those people, they come, of course, 
all of us have families in Turkey, um, part of our heartbeats for Turkey. Uh, but as community, we have all, we are all together, one together. Uh, we appreciate all this friendship and also all this support and this love for us. Uh, we decided, like, we, we, we have been talking among each other, like, okay, that's true. Like, our heart aches for our family members or our friends or people, even we don't know, the people who live in Turkey and experience this uh, persecution. Uh, we have to look forward. We have many things to do for this larger community. So uh, we are happy to see the newcomer friends, families. They are very progressive. They, most of them have already learned the language. They found a job, their own professional job. Like uh, they got their licenses. And they started to be the giving hands and helping others. And they really love to be involved in many projects and for community service and for interfaith, they are very hectic, very active, and very willingful to do that. So we look forward, and it's very happy to see the progress of our people. Amen. It is indeed Thank very you. inspiring and just yeah. reminds us all to keep our hearts open to the newcomer. As our Hebrew scripture says, be kind to the stranger among you and treat them as your own, for you were once strangers in a strange land. Let's not be strangers anymore. <laughs> Amen. I do have an assignment for our Unity folks. I like to give homework every week. Your homework this week is to go to the website atfa.us and learn more about this amazing partner organization. <laughs> Thank you all for Thank being with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Gus. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.